OTB GAA. I think it has become a little bit sanitized. You need somebody to bring a bit of color and wit and enthusiasm. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is was just lacked that intensity. Ah, uh, the Gillette has performance rankings. Welcome along this week for general hour and that's wrong with pain. You? what do you mean what's wrong with me what's wrong with you this team's what's wrong this, what, this, is, this is what it's all about like you're losing yes this I is know. what it's all about I know and I know as a country we prefer, you probably prefer to lose like no I wouldn't you know it gets the grief out I the, wouldn't but the anger is on the, the repressed uh, generations of trauma finds an outlet is that what you're talking about 17 points it up it all goes back to the famine after 12 minutes 16 points up Which after 38 minutes. We the Munster Hurling Championship straight off the bat here. Sorry, I've, I've ruined the tone of the oh. show today. The Munster Hurling Championship is the be-all and end-all. You know, go on, have at it. Go on, sorry. Are you talking rugby? I don't know. We're talking rugby. We're starting. I don't think we should talk rugby there today. You go. There's no there rugby. You go. No. There, there's, no. So, as you see, folks, we have two entrants from the same game. I Glasgow didn't show up on Friday night, you know? I, I'd usually be opposed to that. Met some Toulon fans afterwards. They were very happy with their... Absolutely. Goblet of what everybody prestige. wants to talk about. I haven't even looked at the live comments, but I know you're all talking about the rugby. So I think that's a fair subtitle. Uh, Leinster threw it all away. And here's why. After, uh, seven, after 12 minutes, Leinster, 17. La Rochelle, nil. After 38 minutes, Leinster are 16 points ahead. But when the final whistle goes in Dublin on Saturday evening, La Rochelle have retained the Heineken Champions Cup. I will say one thing to you. This sir. is exciting. I will say one thing to you. <laughs> I'm loving this. I will say one thing to you. Rafael Nadal lost two Wimbledon finals in a row to Roger Federer yeah. in 2006 and 2007. The first one by four sets, the second one in five sets, and in 2008, what is often considered the greatest men's final in Grand Slam history, saw Rafael Nadal finally win Wimbledon, beating Roger Federer. So, next season, the 2024 Heineken Champions Cup final, Leinster could finally get revenge. Rafael Nadal style against La Rochelle. I Does that make you feel better? It's in Spurs Stadium, is it? Uh, is that, is that, am I right? It's in London anyway. I think it is in Spurs. Could we swap that out and just get Ireland to do well in the World Cup and that'll be revenge enough for all of us? I mean, I think everybody would um, take Ireland bouncing back from this against uh, now a very solid game plan. So the, the reason why it's, it's so depressing is that, uh, as I said, so Stuart Barnes is a great piece in the Times today. Just to bring you all down into our world... All the rest of you Irish fans. He's saying the scrum dismantled. Uh, the big beats up front from uh, um, a French South African and um, all black perspective. They're going to be looking at what uh, Raj and Dunnock Ryan did to us. And they'll be like, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that's, that's a great template for us. And, um, you know, the French, um, the three that they have, uh, Aldrich... Antonio, and who's the third one? I've just forgotten. Dante. Dante. What a, like, what a player. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, we can be a monster mode and very hard to beat, said um, their lock afterwards. And um, he's saying Tyke Furlong has diminished to the point where he needs to be at 100%, but he's not at 100%. Um, he's saying Andrew Porter is a pile driver of a player, but got devoured in the scrum by Antonio. These aren't stuff that you hear in the Irish media very often. And uh, 
and even greater cause for concern is the situation at Fly Half. Was there a bit of fate tempted last week? I was like, oh, you know, we can do this without Johnny Sexton. Turns out we can't. Um, everyone wants Sexton to be fit, but it's impossible not to be fearful. He is vulnerable. The back catalogue of blows and his present absence emphasise the potential frailty. Um, but then he goes on to explain how Ross Byrne, not really the same. And I noted Ross Byrne missing two of his first three conversions as well. I mean, four more points handy to have. Yeah. Hit look, the post of both of them, like they were tight angles. They were tricky. You would hope that the first one that hit the post, the second one then is a rangefinder. Mm. Like, I mean, I've never kicked under pressure in a Even the one final. he scored, though, like the third in that series, it was like he didn't strike it particularly well. Like, it just made it over the bar and it wasn't like it was particularly far out or anything. You know, the sort of thing you would have expected him to be able to get a lot more force and power behind. Yeah, and maybe that fed into their decision. So certainly he turned down the penalty um, when... They, so Leinster won a penalty in the 75th, 76th minute whenever went, mm. and then they kicked to the corner and the two minutes of uh, pressure before the red card which um, you know ended the game essentially and uh, they're saying that they backed him that that's his decision because he feels whether or not and that's fair enough um, but why didn't they go for a drop goal? Why didn't they line up for a drop goal? They, yeah, were, like, they you, were absolutely right there. You were there, Ger. What was your feeling at the time? Go for goal? Uh, yeah, take take the drop goal. Yeah. I mean, I did feel like if you score a try, you're going to win the game. So, like, well, when try, they kicked to the corner, were you happy at the time? Try and score the try. Uh, well, there was f- there's a, there's long enough left. There was long enough left. I think that's been overblown. People calling it possible Leinster arrogance. Like, oh, we'll, we'll get a try. Don't worry. But there was enough time. I understood the ambition. I think there was long enough left. You're giving the ball back to them, and you've had so you're down. A, are they already down? Was Keller gone? Keller was gone at that stage. So they're down a man, and yeah. they know that they've been completely unable to stop the waves of attack. So you want to eat up as much of the clock as possible. I thought the plan was to kick to the corner, meander the ball into the middle, and then have your attempt at the drop goal. But they didn't ever line up for the drop goal. No, but, they looked like they were very much going from the, for the try from the start. Yeah, but Lavar Schiller down to 14 as well. Dante was gone. Uh, I mean, that's, that's why they... When did he go? That was very, very soon after Kelleher. Like, they, it was 14 apiece until Natai got sent off to about what two minutes before the end so it was a fair game actually very very uh, shortly uh, after told, Lens yeah. down to 14 uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually don't remember when uh, the Dante card happened did not did, was that not one of the reasons anyway whatever like um, I, it, it does strike me as something that they need to add to their armoury yeah we can hit drop goals when we need to to win tight games Um Dante was Sunbind on 74. Okay, so yeah, though, then that's granted. It was back to 14 apiece. Yeah. Um, you, do, you, do, you don't want to give them the ball back with any time left on the clock, you know, because... Um, but it didn't happen. <laughs> no. It's moot. I do wonder, like, does everything change if they get over the line? It, it does, of course. Like, it's like, oh, what a heroic performance it was against... Now, what we have to talk about is one of the all-time great European rugby teams. Like, La Rochelle are now one of the all-time great... Rugby teams. Oh, we'll get to them in green, don't worry. Yeah, but, but let's talk about Leinster. But everybody. <laughs> let's extend your pain right. a little bit oh. longer. Well, no, like if Leinster had gone across, it would have been like great. Everyone would have been like, oh, they sustained the pressure. They've shown that they can actually show up in the big games and sustain that sort of pressure. And even if a team is coming at them, they still have the grit and the might to get back. Whereas instead, 
uh, I, I think they should have taken their points. And if they initially. get the drop goal, like again, all the, all the narrative gets completely changed. You know, it is um, an incredibly. But uh, also, you kind of want for that Leinster team as well to say, like, okay, take the three points, go ahead, and then also be confident enough in themselves to be like, well, we can hold them out for another three or four minutes, yeah. get the ball back, and kick it out, and there we go, European champions at long last. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was an injury or something with with the kicking. I don't know. Like, and Frawley had obviously missed the kick the previous week, so he wasn't going to step up and and take that one. Like uh, Harry Byrne, obviously they didn't feel had their trust after the Munster game, but certainly he would have the range for that final kick. So look again, these are all the things people weren't performing at absolute peak at the end of the season, and La Rochelle were. Um, you know. Yeah. So anyway, how do we all feel about uh, Patrick Keelty? Yeah, I think it's so. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, the weekend. Yeah. Can, we're burning another lead. Can we, Philip Schofield, what? Oh can we God. talk about the coin toss? Turn your beforehand. turn your head for two seconds, this and all of a sudden the world has completely changed. Illustrated, showcased by yeah, Leinster. Hanson and Busted are, um, James Ryan, <laughs> Gregor Aldrich. So so much so it wasn't. Uh, oh, he didn't look me in the eye. That was a mistranslation. It was the stare down. Yeah, I don't know. Right into so, his face. We actually have a picture of that of Ryan looking Aldrich. I found it. Look at that. That's that's Roy Keane Mick McCarthy stuff. It's. I mean, I found it a bit strange. Like if he genuinely not looked him in the eye, I would have been like, that was a bit more offensive than trying to stare him down. Like you're the captain of like one of the great European teams before a game. Like of course you're going to try and do a bit of intimidation or. There's no. It it actually smacks of a lack of self belief. Like why don't you just be respectful beforehand? I'll see you out there. In a good way, not that, a tunnel way. That's, I mean, you've obviously been fed the talk. Are you a plant? <laughs> who, who are you? No, well, surely you, they were in the wrong. Did you, did you just retire from La Rochelle? Look, Leinster's start was phenomenal. It's one of the best starts to a match I've seen all season. I don't know what happened after that. Like, I mean, maybe the half-time tussle changed everything, changed their focus. None of this matters. The, the stare down beforehand, the, the rooms in the building, none of this matters. La Rochelle are better than Leinster slightly. They're like, you know, 0.0001% better than Leinster. And they They're have actually been... actually exactly one point better than them. <laughs> well, over the last three seasons. Uh, and that's, that's the reason why. That's the reason why at the end of those three games now, they have got the better of Leinster. Like, I, you know. But it's not a crisis, is it? For who? For Leinster. Because I was t- hearing over the weekend, it was like, it feels like the end of an era. And in WhatsApp groups with a lot of Leinster supporters saying, you know what, Jameson Gibson Park, when it comes to it, just doesn't have it. James Lowe, when it comes to it, just doesn't have well, it. that's I mean, absolute that, bollocks. That's, that's too much, isn't that it? That is absolute bollocks, right? I mean, they, they are the worst sort of fans that you I'm can possibly have. I'm smiling away, Ger and Kathleen, reading these texts. Yeah, they made, they made mistakes. Like- they made big, big mistakes in the game. They absolutely made big mistakes in the game. But Lowe is just back from injury. And Jameson Gibson Park has been a transformative figure in Irish rugby under Andy Farrell. He is at the centre of all of our best performances under Andy Farrell, which has taken our national side to number one in the world. We just won a Grand Slam. We just won our first ever series down in New Zealand. All because Jameson Gibson Park is a world-class scrum half. He didn't have his best game. Made some mistakes under pressure. So maybe the game plan was wrong. But the notion that they are not going to be good enough to play for Ireland or Leinster into the future is absolute bollocks. The angler's on. Well, look, in a brighter spark, Dan Sheehan. Dan Sheehan is so mobile and fast. He could be a centre or even a winger. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of green shoots here, Ger. Like, you know, a point isn't that bad to the best team in Europe. You would hardly call it green shoots. Like, this is a very established team that it's like... He's being patronising on purpose. <laughs> okay, so, how would you assess the last two seasons? 
Leinster, Leinster fan. Yeah, Trophies. Like, uh, was it all worth it? Everything is worth it. They felt alive, right? Yeah, all you want to do is you want to feel alive. And they brought the team to the brink of glory twice. And they've come up, as I said, against one of the all-time great European teams. Uh, the fact that it's Ron Nogara makes it more painful for Leinster fans because, you know, and there's a different scenario where he could have been coaching Leinster at some point, maybe. Um, but anyway. Your full, uh, full faith of Leo Cullen? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. This whole thing about, like, oh, they've, they've definitely underachieved. Like, they created all those players. A bunch of those players weren't going to be as good as they are without the coaching of Lancaster and without the coaching and the management of Leo Cullen. So, like, you can't say, oh, he's got this team of Galacticos. Yeah, well, he, he, they helped them become Galacticos. If, he, Leo Cullen didn't replace Joe Schmidt. There was the whole Matt O'Connor thing in between. Wasn't that my, my, my times wrong? Maybe I got my times wrong. Have I got my times wrong? What were you saying? Oh, now I've, I've lost it now. <laughs> I'm rattled. He's, he's, his head's gone here. Yeah. Never seen him in the so last How do you sports. rank this season for Leinster coming out? Well, it's really disappointing. With, like, no, like, it's no, 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 but like, not just disappointing. Like is, like, is it a failure of their season? The fact that they dominated, were on top for so long and didn't come out with the title at the end. I, like, like, it's not... This isn't a Leinster team where you're like, it's good enough to get to finals. No, but it's also like uh, sport and the outcome is in jeopardy because we don't know what's going to happen. This isn't like, there's no... But we, we, we know the result of the season now. Like I we saw have somebody, it in I front saw somebody of us. tweeting us yesterday going, oh, 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 they're just like Arsenal, aren't they? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. West Ham, West Ham and La Rochelle are the same thing. Muppet. Uh I love your mocking voice. It's the same for everyone. That uh, WhatsApp group, the Leinster WhatsApp group, is alive and well this morning. Uh, I think Jar is overstating it, and it's not bollocks either. Well, there of course, are players, of course, man who says players, something. There are players that can be approved upon. Sometimes I think you're but just in WhatsApp groups for the content column. You just sit there and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sorry, my mate said this this morning. <laughs> just finding the most controversial ones you can. Roy Larmer's in straight away. Head's gone. Jar's head's gone this morning. The mates don't exist. That's, <laughs> that's the truth about they this. They are AI. AI no, no, this is stuff that you would like to have the boss to say yourself, but don't. Oh! Yeah. Oh! There you go. Oh, wow. That's when he's really serious. Yeah, you're bringing it now. They they change the tone. No, I am saying everything. No, 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 you're saying everything. I've said everything. Leinster in red, and and rightly so. Uh, You said it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But overall, good season for Leinster? I mean, it's not a good season when you... (laughs) like. So, uh, it's been a continuous period of difficulty. And look, you know, they have to mow it and get over it. Like, that's it. They have to, you know... uh, the South African influence will come in next season and we shall see how that goes and hopefully it goes well. Look, Alan Quinlan and James Tracy were on commentary for Off the Ball over the weekend for this match. We'll have Alan Quinlan in after the first ad break. Quinlan's opinion that Leinster did not throw No, I was away. right, I was right, I was right. They didn't I blow knew it. I was right. They didn't blow it. Matt O'Connor was the coach beforehand, right? Where the same resources, the same available selection and the team was absolutely abysmal. Terrible to watch. No ambition to play. And then Leo Cullen comes in, takes a little while to get going, but is, is humble enough to take on uh, coaching advice from around the world, and Graham Henry first, and then ultimately Stuart Lancaster, rekindles the career of Stuart Lancaster, and uh, turns this team of kids into now what everybody says, oh, it's a team of Galacticos. How could you not win with that? I was like, well, I, I mean, I'm the, we made them Galacticos. Like, we're the ones who are responsible for their evolution and development. So I've been told by the producer to move on. Let's go into the other red. Kerry, 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 Kerry. Their first defeat for Fitzgerald Stadium in 40 matches. Mayo kicking 119. 
losing uh, 17 points to 119. Does this matter, sir? Yes. Yes, this matters. Uh, I was chatting to James O'Donoghue on the show before the game kicked off because he was doing comms down for us down here and he was so excited. He was like, it's a beautiful day in Killarney. He was like, oh, Mayo have made a few changes. They don't have Paddy Durkin. You know, I really think Kerry can take them. Went to him about 13 minutes into the first half and you can almost hear the despair in his voice. Like, it had changed completely and he was like, Mayo should have had about two goals at this stage. Kerry looked totally off the pace. There, And like, you could hear it from the way he was speaking that he was like today isn't going to be a good day for us I think it matters for loads of different reasons that like Kerry will have to go and lick their wounds and they've got plenty of opportunity to do that over the next couple of weeks before we see them now in a preliminary quarterfinal more than likely Um, I think that'll be at home for them if they finish second in the group Uh, this is all still very Nations League-y when it comes to um, working out the prognostications but uh, it means Mayo are genuine all the contenders again. Like, you can't go to a full Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney and control the game from start to finish and then not be considered genuine all Ireland contenders. This is exactly what we needed the first round out. Like, again, it goes to show that the provincial championships should just be their own thing and not connected whatsoever to the later competition. The later competition for Sam Maguire should be a standalone competition. Uh, it's great for... Uh, Galway that they won this year it was great for Roscommon that they reached the final blah 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 you know the Ulster final well there'll always be an asterisk beside that game but um, uh, I think this does matter and I think uh, the fact that it was a full house and it's a five point win for Mayo I am you know while I was being trolled by one of our friends who uh, may or may not be travelling in South America about the Leinster run it was it was uh, was great that there was a bit of back and forth there was something else (laughs) you can give back to the the Kerry people so uh, I know the Kerry Mafia are not taking this well. No, my, my thoughts are with them this morning. Did you see Owen Shane's face? I did. Jesus. Broke his nose, siphoning. He did. Still watched all the sports. The commitment uh, knows no bounds for that man. Yeah. Overall. But look, we, we won't know if this is... The, this He's okay, though. That's yeah, he is should, okay. Yeah. That's absolutely say that. Um, look, we won't know if this uh, newfangled Sam Maguire competition is actually going to be a success until we're done with the first goal, right? I oh, know. Like, uh, like, there could it, be something in this. It's it's way better than the crap that there was, but it's nowhere near as good as it could have been if they'd just gone with the good proposal that they had. Like we would have had this earlier in the year. Proposal B, by any chance? Probably. <laughs> uh, look, we we'll move on. We we'll move on because um, the monster hurling championship. Like I have it, their cruel monster hurling championship. Talent punished, which I think is fair, and that's why it's in the red. Because I actually feel bad putting my own province in the red here after that another incredible day of monster hurling championship. Limerick. Uh, and tip drawing they were nine times level in this game another sending off for Limerick Barry Nash their discipline like the poor discipline knows no bounds like we've been talking about this so far this year what's the story with Kylie's men like why can't they keep it all together but it's a different problem they had yesterday which was seemingly a bit of complacency would you agree? I don't know if complacency is the right word because like, there was so much... They didn't look at it. They didn't look like their usual intense selves. But they haven't really looked like that a lot this season. Like I don't think yesterday was def- necessarily a different thing and I don't know if it's complacency or if this is just a team that's struggling to motivate itself because like there was so much on the line yesterday. If there was any game that you were going to have a bit of get up and go, it had to be yesterday because it was essentially do or die for them. Yeah, but how did Limerick... like? It was a few weeks ago, Shane Hannon sitting in this very chair, lamenting the fact that Limerick are as dominant 
as the Dublin footballers were a few years ago. So how did Limerick find themselves in a position yesterday where they very feasibly could have been knocked down a Munster? Well, the Munster Harling Championship is too. So there you go. It's too hard. Um, and uh, can can they do anything about this to change the fact that a very very good side will always exit the championship way too prematurely? Well, we were happy enough with the, the two teams going last year, thinking, well, we're not really missing anything here um, because. There has generally been one of the teams in crisis whenever the round robin has been played, and so you can kind of scratch them off in Waterford of this year's version. But this year you can't, like, um, and it could still there could still be something a little bit kooky uh, over the the final games. So um, I I think it's ridiculous to put the Munster hurling championship in red. I think I mean you're you're. But I'm not though. Pe- I'm, pe- I'm putting pedantically. The, I'm putting the cruelty uh, yeah. of the right. okay. of the fact okay. Okay. that a great team okay. goes out. Also, look, we have to mention Westmead's ridiculous comeback against Wexford. I actually think that was then. talked about more in the YouTube comments this morning than Leinster initially. Have had it like that was insane. Mm. I was I was driving back from Sligo, listening to that in the radio. They are, like they, it was actually interrupted. It was like old school. We have to interrupt this. Uh, this button for a very important breaking news. Westmead are on the comeback. Like that was one of the greatest comebacks in All Ireland history, let alone this year. And they're not even in the performance rankings. I think yeah, I saw somewhere that it was the biggest ever comeback. Like in terms of points to come back from seventeen down. And look, we got, we'll do something on this property this week because that was remarkable. The other well, here's op- the thing. Sorry, if if, if Antrim beat them in the final game of the uh, round robin in Leinster, then Wexford will be relegated. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's completely slipped under the radar. Like it's uh, it's the biggest news. But I will say one more thing about the most championship. Cork loses by a point to Clare. The old problem of Cork's forwards' work rate coming back into the line right there. Clare were strolling out at a whim, and the fact that they only lost by a point is actually impressive at the end because there is a problem with Cork off the ball eh? what there is okay well we'll talk about that with Sarah in a little while we will let's transition very smoothly on to well, Amber Claire, here. Claire could be all Ireland favourites at this stage after next week well, and, started, yeah. and they just they just be <laughs> Cork by a point you're like ah typical Cork I can't believe it I didn't bother showing up and doing any work oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, look we have to move on I'd love, to, I'd love to spend more time on Cork's defeat you know I would but look time's of the essence here Katie Taylor, Amber, now this, uh, behind the curtain, folks, big debate about this last night. Where should Katie Taylor lie? In, in the Red. Jeanette Lab's performance rankings this In the Red. Week? This cold son of a gun in the middle of your shot there. <laughs> Straight into Red she should go. Yeah. What? Sorry, sorry. You have to discriminate between, in the boxing terms, a fighter getting knocked out or stopped comfortably before the final round versus a decision defeat where the first judge has Chantal Cameron and Katie Taylor as a draw. You have to discriminate there. It wasn't a bad performance. And sure, this is the Gillette Labs performance rankings, not results rankings. I'd say Katie Taylor feels like she's a, a winner, all right, this week. Does she? She's like, oh, yeah, I don't feel like a loser. I'm, I'm, oh, they, they're holding up somebody else's hand. <laughs> no, this is an unusual feeling. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, this is the feeling of being an amber. You, sorry, yeah, you ha- well, yeah, yeah, first I'm of all, for, okay, a couple of things there. We have an amber every week. You knew this was coming. Secondly, who else was going to come into Amber this weekend? Who else? And thirdly, it's a very American sport attitude you have where like, we only have a winner or a loser. You know, like there is a no tie. like kissing your sister. There okay. is a bit. I mean, come on. <laughs> what? There is, there is a bit of uh, ambiguity here. Like there is a bit of nuance. I mean, there really It isn't. wasn't a terrible performance. Look, I realised I realized that uh, this is one of our sacred cows and you but can't... You, it is. And you can't criticise... 
anything that Katie Taylor has ever done. But picking this fight was the wrong fight for her. Like, okay, let's it, talk about she, that. She could easily, and it would absolutely have been the right thing to do for her health and for her career, had a homecoming fight against anybody, and they would have sold it out. And then that's a warm-up for a big fight, which is your going-away fights. And then you can, you know, have it wherever you want. Uh, reports in the papers today that Croke Park not interested in doing business with um, Eddie Hearn. They felt like uh, they were pissed off. Kieran Cunningham has this story. Uh, they particularly didn't like the uh, declaration that the GA were taking the piss. Taking the piss. <laughs> that did not go down well, apparently, in, in uh, GA corridors. I generally agree with Jerry's opinion that the Katie Taylor should probably be in the red. No, because I think I think if you look at Katie Taylor and everything she's Maybe. done in her career and like how she looks at herself, that like she obviously would be disappointed and obviously like wanted to win that fight. I don't necessarily agree with the point though that like she should have just taken an easier fight and would have had like a big oh yay it's a nice day out or whatever she's never done that but that's what all boxers do there's nothing wrong with that no like I, no. You, you don't have to always be the but like you know what like for her and what the, the legacy she has built for herself over the last like seven eight nine years like she doesn't want that for herself and like she was never going to come back to Ireland and just take some easy fight for the sake of doing it and have like a big flashy moment because that's that's not what Katie Taylor wants to do and like I, I do appreciate that about her I think I do think maybe she could have chosen an, oppo- an opponent that was a bit smarter or maybe a bit more middle of the road yeah somebody who's not uh, three inch reach three inch height advantage and also just a bigger fighter like that just didn't make any sense from a business perspective and this isn't this isn't really just sport this is a business I think that she could have fought somebody I, th- I thought she looked tired in the opening few rounds yeah. and overwhelmed by Cameron's uh flurry of punches because if you saw the statistical breakdown Taylor threw nearly half the number of punches but was actually more accurate when she was throwing them but she wasn't doing any damage to Cameron so you can imagine when you're in that position and whatever I'm doing here my best basically isn't good enough it Mm. isn't strong enough but she looked a bit flat and I'm not just saying that after the fact I was watching the fight live thinking she doesn't look quite there I don't know if she was emotionally drained by the homecoming look like it's very much Monday morning analysis in every sense of the word but it did seem she was slightly off Let's hear from Eddie Hearn. So, Eddie, it wasn't the, the fight for Katie Taylor tonight. It's not what the Irish wanted, not the result the Irish wanted. No, but it was a great fight. And, you know, when you're in a great fight, you're in a tough fight, you're in a 50-50 fight, you can get beat. And... Uh, Chantel Cameron was fantastic tonight. I thought it was a very close fight. I thought Chantel just edged it, and Katie will be devastated, but will be desperate to do it again. Katie, we know her for her pace. We didn't see that as much tonight. Yeah, she looked really tired, like even in the first round. And I don't know. You know I hate to take away from what Chantel did. Her body work was great, and she needed to start the fight the fight fast, and she did from the first round. But Katie looked really tired. I know the ring walk was long, and I, I, it was so emotional. Like I don't know whether that was draining. I, I mean, I felt really emotional watching her getting in the ring and seeing the crowd. But you know, Chantel was really calm in there tonight. She knew what she had to do and she executed the game plan perfectly. Yeah, a really powerful fighter. Mm. Was it a risk to jump up and wait as we talked about this? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Chantel's boxed at super featherweight. She's boxed at lightweight. But she was the bigger fighter in there tonight. But Katie wants to take risks. You know, she tried to make history tonight. She wanted that fight. She wanted the homecoming, and she'll still believe she can beat her. 
she hasn't come out to speak to the public just yet and we can't blame her for that whatsoever she's put on an amazing show tonight have you got a chance to speak to her? yeah I spoke to her in the ring I mean she was exhausted she was devastated she'll, she'll, she'll cry herself to sleep tonight you know and she'll probably won't sleep much till the rematch date's confirmed yeah so there will be a rematch it looks like um, should there be? Uh, on what level? Would you want to see that fight again? Uh, I I don't want to see any of the Irish fighters ever fight again once they've made their money or won a world title. I feel like that the sport it, it's a law of diminishing returns in terms of your health. It's just so dangerous. Yeah, like I sorry, I had forgotten about the intense experience it is to watch a fighter in a top level boxing match when you have a, a proper fighter that you actually want to win. It is excruciating to watch. Yeah, it is so like. I was I was flinching at some of the punches, you know, and you forget that because it happens so rarely. That was the first huge, huge Irish boxing contest we've had since 2011. And uh, I do want to experience it again, but it was tough to watch at the end. Yeah, well, it, I always feel very guilty watching these fights because um, the, what they're putting themselves through and the punishment and what's coming in later life um, for fighters. Yeah. You know, we, we know far more about it now, even though we did 10, 15, 20 years ago. So she's 37 in July maybe one more fight I think it was always only going to be one more fight uh, and look if it's not going to be in Croke Park and if it is going to be a, a revenge fight then yeah. maybe I would like to see a Croke Park fight I have to say uh, by the way sorry before we move on from this God love anyone whoever was sitting behind Conor McGregor if they paid if, uh, if they dropped a couple of K for that ticket like they're not seeing anything the guy was up constantly standing up do you, do you tell him to sit down like Excuse Can me, you talk Conor McGregor on the show? That's what we were, we were debating when we were watching it live. Like, <laughs> how do you approach this? Like, uh, Anyway, let's move on. So we're into green. Uh, we want to talk Premier League. Now I saw one comment there. Why are Man City and Forest in the green like no one cares? Whoa! It's another Premier League title for Manchester City and Nottingham Forest. I think Man I City... Who, who should be in the amber? Man City up. in the amber. Like, they won the league ages ago. We know that. And like, uh, you know... Well, they won the, with the, on Friday morning in our last show. They hadn't won the league, but, yeah, but that actually correlates with the other green with them. Nottingham Forest beating Arsenal on Saturday evening at the City Ground. A remarkable end to the campaign for Forest. Steve Cooper was talking to Sky Sports afterwards and said there was a game. And I remember this game at home to Spurs at the start of the season way back in August, where they lost two 0 and he said it could have been five. And he said he really feared for their future and what was going to happen and he thought they were going to get relegated himself and he's the manager so I know they spent a bam over the summer they brought they basically brought an entirely new squad in but we also saw Chelsea do very similar transfer business where they bought way too many players in I thought the same for Forrest there'd be no cohesion here so fair play to Steve Cooper because he got all these new players in got them playing together and they've been excellent and now with a game to spare they've retained their Premier League status and I think yeah, you have to pay tribute because um Fair play to them. Remember they lost to Brentford a few weeks ago. We had them in the red. It looked like they were going down and they've come back. So it's been brilliant. And for Manchester City, we had a big debate about them on the show last week. The Sunday Times had a big article about how Pep turned their season around in January. They lost to Southampton in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, 2-0 at St Mary's. And at the time, they had poor run of form in the Premier League. Kevin De Bruyne was out of the team. They lost their following game, the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford. And whatever you say about the limitless budget and where the money comes from and Pep has everything he ever wanted, they were struggling in late winter. And he has turned them around, whatever you want to say about it. He has. And I think you have to give them credit where it's due. They annihilated Real Madrid during the week. 
they've made was it nine changes to the team against Chelsea yesterday they still won 1-0 I know Chelsea are rabble but they still did it and it's testament to what Pep has done with that side have to pay tribute to them uh, yeah and we also have to mention the allegations of financial impropriety and the cover up um, that they're facing at the moment so I, these two things are going to live together forever absolutely the 115 charges ever since that news broke on the 6th of February they've been excellent since then they've owned the only points they dropped spurred them on was actually at the city ground they drew one all away to Forest and since then it's 24 games unbeaten so mm-hmm. backs against the wall everybody hates us let's show them how good we are so it's very unfortunate there is that asterisk but is it what backs a against the wall? that's what uh, that's what the message that Pep sent to the players and staff was everybody hates us once again this is the second time in three years they're after us happened in February 2020 nobody likes us everybody wants us out We'll show them. So it's a season. Have to say they did. And it, they have used the charges. It feels like as yeah. Because, I mean, the players don't care about the charges, do they? They're just like well, okay, let's play. Well, they're up for seven-figure bonuses if they get the travel. So, <laughs> and Kyle Walker wants to do it for the owner, and that's why Pep was so angry at them when they lost to Southampton in January in the Carabao Cup because if they won that tournament, the highest players only got a seventy-five grand bonus, and he he accused them of saying, "Well, you're not motivated enough to win this." If you're not going to win this game, there's no point winning any other game. That's the way he looks at it. Jack Reeves was saying it afterwards Sky Sports yesterday that he, he described Guardiola as weird. He's like, it's just weird how he knows so much about every opposition that we play. And reading this article yesterday in the Sunday Times was that the staff and players uh, remarked upon how remarkable it was that Pep put as much uh, preparation into the Sheffield United FA Cup semi-final as he did for the Real Madrid Champions League semi-final. Shows everyone the same level of respect that's why he's so successful. Uh, right. One more green. Yeah, some, some quick comments. Uh, Taylor, technically better boxer, but Cameron, the more physical and conditioned fighter, says Dara Gallagher. Should she not be applauded for taking on this challenge and not choosing an easy fight, says Michael. Uh, Katie Taylor was headhunting from first belt to the last belt. She should have mixed it up. Unfortunately, a rematch is a bad idea for her, says Bernardino. Um, uh, and then Hearn should be in the red for setting the fight up, uh, says Aina Carroll. Um, Taylor looked tired after two or three rounds completely outboxed all the way through says Jamie G if she lost him was from Cork Colin would still put her in the green because of her Corkness says Kenny the dad you you got it Kenny well Kenny uh, Katie went to wait up so the loss isn't a major deal breaker says Frank uh, how can you even consider having Katie Taylor in the red asked Michael boxed well against a great opponent brought a big night of boxing back to Ireland and have raised female sport to a whole other level yeah, but she's raised female sport to a whole other level ages and ages and ages and ages ago that's a great and thing. she would have brought big time boxing back irrespective of who the opponent was is my point and then, um, by her own unbelievably high standards, she's definitely in the red, says Aina. For the greatest female boxer of all time, any loss is a catastrophe. There you go. A sample of some of the opinion. Final green. We're going to bring it right back to rugby again. A beautiful little cycle here that we're going on this morning on the Labs performance rankings. It's Raj. It's Ronan O'Gara. I said it to start. I wanted to leave it till now, but I just couldn't contain my excitement. He's not just a contender for Cork's Mount Rushmore. It's Ireland's Mount Rushmore. What a job he's done at La Rochelle. They were playing D2 rugby as recently as 2014. I know he inherited a very talented side, but he's getting the best out of them. And to retain the Heineken Champions Cup, to do it at the Aviva Stadium against an all-conquering Leinster, which they have been all season. Forget about the fact that I know that they lost the same final last year to the same opposition, but since then they've been brilliant, right up until last Saturday, when they lost to Munster and now La Rochelle. You have to give Ronald Garrett immense credit for that. Also, the start, they had 17-0 down in no time. They were totally overwhelmed. This was the, the question I was thinking at the time was like, God Almighty, they might not just lose this. It might be an embarrassment. What a comeback. Is there anything more to be said? No. 
<laughs> Why not? No, no more to Why not? Well, because you asked You're an objective answered. broadcaster, a renowned one at that. You asked and I answered. Uh, no, uh, O'Gara, like it's ridiculous what he's done. It's Isn't it? Isn't amazing. it all? Isn't oh, it, and it, it, it is completely. It is like, um, I, I don't remember any other Irish coach doing this. Like, I, I just don't, you know? It's... Um, it's the way they were able to just grind it out. Like, there was not necessarily any point in that second half where you were like, oh, they're going to run away with this. Or, like, the, it's definitely in La Rochelle's hand and they're definitely going... Ah, uh, as a Leinster fan. <laughs> oh, no, go on. the sinking uh, feeling. No, I, like, cause I mean, like, we saw Leinster had their chances towards the end of that half. If they had just taken the points, if they had just got over the line, it would have been a totally different story. It wasn't like La Rochelle came out in the second half and did what Leinster had done in the first, like, 20 minutes of the first half. It was far more intense. It was slow. It was, like, pick-and-go, grinding sort of rugby. And in some ways, that was almost... Like, I'd love to know what O'Gara said to them at halftime to kind of... Well, he was busy. There. <laughs> he was busy at half time. But like, how did he change the mentality of that team that like let three tries in so easily well, it, and then it had changed in the the second quarter really when they when they got back into the game and started to get into Leinster's half, Leinster couldn't get out and started to make mistakes. Like the their try comes off, Leinster steal the ball, and then there's a quick pass back to James Lowe and there's a knock on, and then from that period of pressure they get over the line you're like well this, this is a really good team and they're not dead and I, I, I'd say from as a Leinster fan on the ground and it spread I'm sure but it did feel ominous a bit like oh, well I know I, I was surrounded by like hundreds of Leinster supporters and I, I watched it in a pub and it went so quiet as the second half moved on like you know normally there's kind of like people chatting or like even the people who weren't interested in the match started watching it and it was just like yeah. silence across the entire place and then every so often Leinster would do something semi-okay mm. and everyone would kind of roar and there'd be a few like Leinster <laughs> Leinster chants and then they would just slowly die away yeah, again yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that, that point is spot on as well because I experienced the same in your own lovely county in Sligo I was watching it great spot in one of your finer establishments and it was the same thing a lot of people weren't watching it and then the last five minutes there was just this sense in the pub that something seismic was about that to happen. was incredibly intense yeah and like there is nothing like that shared experience with strangers where you're sharing tables with the mm. people you never met before and, and was anybody supporting Leinster in Sligo Colin? everybody was supporting Leinster were they everyone, except you except me yeah, right everyone wow um, also, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. <laughs> Here I am. That one? Yeah, I do. Because it's, it's always accurate. But no, I, I thought I supported uh, La Rochelle, and I thought like because on air stays on air. <laughs> I I didn't realize until the match was actually being played. Like whenever Leinster ran in the tries at the start, I felt disappointed, and then when La Rochelle started coming, I could feel like my heart rate going up and the excitement building. Yeah. And I didn't actually realize myself how much I cared. Like I kind of thought surface level, I was like, ah, like iconic like, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, Ulton Delan. Raj, you know, I kind of see them too well. Oh, that's class. Yeah, you know, picture of him maybe with the trophy. Maybe at some point he comes back to to see out his career as an Ireland international, like, and and that goes full circle. You know, um, Raj can bring him back. We never actually mentioned James Ryan going off to the huge, huge impact on Leinster, which we will get to with uh, Alan Quinnan. But uh, one of my favourite sporting shots of the year was the full time whistle when the camera panned to Ron Logara. And I won't say it, but what he said was obviously very easy to lip read, but it was just like... Nathan has a good clip of it on his Twitter. Ah, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Like, I mean, obviously, like, 
it's just great. <laughs> it's a bit biased. But it's also amazing just to watch the absolute emotion just rip out of him. I'm surprised his eyes didn't pop during the whole oh, thing. I don't know, Jerry, if you watched any of it back, but like any time the camera no. panned to him, his eyes were like so wide and intense. You could you, see the It's stress. funny, in the ground, there was no shots in the first half, or not that many shots right. in the first half. Uh, and then one came up when Lancer were killing them and the Lancer crowd were like, oh! And I was like, oh, I don't be doing that, lads. <laughs> they actually didn't really show that much of him on the TV whenever Until the Lancer... Yeah, because we were sitting there going, God, I'd love to see what Roger's face looks like I right know, now. I know, like there's a grand tradition and you get Roger cam and you get Sexton cam and what was going on, lads? <laughs> Did nobody tell the directors? And then it turned out that Sexton was involved somehow in that uh, contretemps at halftime, which we'll get more details on. Um, is it... Is I don't really know if I should talk about this, but I had an emotional hedge. I um I remember being in a game one time and uh somebody explained it to me, you bet against your team as an emotional hedge. So I was on the way down, I was like, I need to just make sure that this day isn't a complete loss just in case it all goes pear shaped. Is that bad? Am I a traitor? A little bit. I I think you stick with your team. You You stick with your team, you don't have to lose money on it. Well, if you don't put any money on you don't lose anything. Yeah, but then I won. Uh, I don't know if you did. Well, I mean, I won money. Uh, technically, that's, oh, a, that's a fact. Head. Yeah, but would you say that that like, makes up for the no, clear and obvious it, disappointments that it, you're feeling I mean, this morning? Does it, does it appear to have? Um, oh, did you see those Munster fans in the stadium afterwards after you got off the dart with the uh, Raj masks? Did I see them afterwards? No, yeah. I did not see them afterwards, Colm. I did not go looking for them. Oh, well, you didn't there go looking for them initially, but they, they found you. Uh, that my point. Yeah. That was what's a great your, What's site. your point? Oh, I'm just wondering, did you see them again afterwards? Because that was beforehand you, you sent on the image. No. Okay. Didn't see them. I'm well. delighted for them. That whole, oh, there's no Munster fans travelling up to support any team against Leicester. That just doesn't happen. It's like, well, <laughs> who's that? Who are you being there? You. Oh, that was a good question. Yeah. No, I wasn't being <laughs> you, Colm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, with the, with the old Adrian Barry trick of commenting on the jokes as they happen. Oh, no, I would never do that. Uh, no, I've never compared me there. No, 16 never. minutes past eight. That is this week's <laughs> Grim, Grim, Grim. I know, I'm sure you're great. If you're a Mayo fan, you're absolutely delighted. If you're a Westmeath fan, you're delighted. Yeah. If you're a Sligo football fan, pretty you're happy. delighted. If you're an O'Gara fan, you're delighted. If you're a Man United fan, you're pretty happy about Casemiro. We could have put Man United in the amber this week. And, and we didn't. We didn't. Uh, yeah, or if you're a Chantal Cameron fan, you know, I mean, we'd love to know who you are, but uh, fair play to you. That is this week's episode of the Gillette Labs Performance Rankings. OTBAN's Performance Rankings with Gillette.